0: Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant. Good morning, good
1: morning everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And if you were tuning in to hear my guest, Dorothea Bortacolona Volpe, this morning, she has a slight uh, case of not being able to speak very well. And while she did sound very sexy with her Lauren Bacall voice, we decided that it would be best to reschedule her. So she will be on the program on April 21st. So I was able to have yet another fabulous guest lined up. And I am so thrilled to have this gentleman on because he has done so much in helping me. With my own marketing efforts. And so that is part of the reason I wanted to have him on because he's such an expert in marketing, plus, he is just a cool person. So, welcome, Kevin.
2: Hi, good morning. Thank you very much.
1: Oh, glad you could be on. First, before we jump into this, let me tell folks a little bit about you. So, we have Kevin Kijkendahl on. He is a marketing professional who has worked in the advertising industry for 24 years as an art director senior designer and copywriter for companies as large as the international consumer electronics giant Uniden and America's Home Industries. His private clients include local and national businesses in a variety of industries, such as assisted living, restaurants, manufacturing, and a potential client specializing in drone imaging technology for agriculture and forest crop management. Ooh, that sounds fun. Kevin focuses on copy and marketing strategy, and he consults with small to medium-sized businesses who are in need of correct positioning, messaging, and advertising. Kevin creates integrated lead generation campaigns and designs sales funnels for conversion from prospect to customer. So welcome, Kevin. Well, good morning. Thank you so much for letting me come on
2: today. It's very exciting.
1: You know, we're going to have so much fun, and we're going to kind of switch this up a little bit because... Rather than me just interviewing Kevin, he's going to do a little bit more of interviewing me, but in the process, we're going to be talking about social media, of course, and why it's an important part of your marketing efforts, but overall, we want to talk about how important marketing efforts are, how to measure them, you know, all of those important things when people say, it's a waste of time, then we want to be discussing ways that people can actually be measuring this to determine if what they're doing is right, and if it's not, maybe how they can correct that. So, okay. Kevin, take it away.
2: Well, all right, Deb. Thank you. I talk to a lot of business owners, and they are small businesses, small to medium, anywhere from you know mom and pop shops all the way up to ten to fifteen million dollar uh, businesses, and. Mm-hmm. Quite often, I I I get questions, or rather, I hear reactions of people saying, "Well, I need to do some marketing, so I'm going to do Facebook," or um, "I don't know what I'm going to do, how to market, but I know I need to add social media into the mix." The problem with a lot of uh, the problem I, I see a lot of business owners faced with is that they are confronted more often with. kind of the shiny object syndrome in marketing where the latest and greatest um, are being peddled to them by people that aren't necessarily marketing professionals, but they've got something that they want to sell, and it's usually a tactic. And Mm -hmm. the um, the business marketers don't exactly know how to implement it. Now, social media uh, comes up quite a bit because it's, you know, Obviously, very popular. it's here to stay and needs to be dealt with, but getting started with social media and understanding how to use it for a business is just the biggest question I hear so right. when you know where where you're concerned, you know how does a a business begin to implement social media into their overall marketing
1: mix? Well, I think initially they need to take a step back and actually know who. They're trying to reach, Um, you know, and, and, you know, as as you mentioned, it is the bright, shiny object. And we all think, oh, everybody's on Facebook. Well, potentially everybody is on Facebook. About a seventh of the world's population right now is on on Facebook. But if the people you're trying to reach with your message isn't on Facebook or isn't using it on a fairly regular basis, then you need to rethink that that, uh, thought. Maybe they're on LinkedIn. Maybe they're on Twitter. Um, there are actually some very niche, specific social media sites that somebody might be on. But, you know, I've, I've actually told people social media might not be for you. So if you, you know, once you figured out who your target audience is and you know, okay, they are on Facebook or they are on LinkedIn, then you can go forward in working with your existing marketing plan to create your messages and your image. Um, and you know how you're going to present what you've got on those social media sites.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you bring that up because targeting the audience or targeting your market is so very fundamental to uh, a successful marketing program. But okay, let's say, and, and this will lead me to uh, another question, and that is, let's say that you have your target market identified; it's mm-hmm. business to consumer, um, and Facebook is a place. Is is uh, a place that you can you've identified that will be successful because people you know are there in your target market. How can you? Um, I mean, what do you do? Do you just go ahead and set up a page and then invite a bunch of people to like it and you're done?
1: No, is you that, know, that... initially you do have to strategize. You know, you have to figure out what you're going to post, what your call mm-hmm. to action is. Um, You know, I still cringe when people come up to me and they say, oh, I've decided not to have a website because I'm just going to have a Facebook page. Well, you know, I don't know if we're going to talk about it, but Facebook has made some pretty dramatic changes and and are making even more so on how the people and how often they see your posts from a page. Um, It's turning more and more into if you want those posts seen, you're going to have to pay for it. So, you know, once you have determined, okay, I need to be there, then you need to figure out what are you going to post? What are you going to tell them to do? Um, you know, it's, it's just like if you go to an in-person networking meeting and say you don't give out your business card. So you tell people, hey, connect with me. But then you don't give them that way to connect. So you didn't give them your email. You didn't give them your website or your phone number. You really have to have all of these things in place. And I think that's where businesses fall down and they think social media doesn't work. You know, they've got their personal page, and that actually is the very first step. You have to have a personal page, whether it's active or not. Um, You know, there are certainly uh, a lot of people who, for privacy issues, for all sorts of reasons, don't want to have a a personal presence on LinkedIn or on, on Facebook. And that's perfectly fine. You know, you can create it and then never really use it. But you get to your business page by going to your personal page first. And then, you know, you need to set up your Facebook page so that... The big cover image matches as close as you can to what your website looks like. Um, again, I'm going to say this is always driving people to your website. Facebook does not take the place of a website, even if you've just got a basic website that's you know kind of a placeholder. Because your mission is more that you want people to call or say you're a brick and mortar place like a restaurant or a bookstore. You know you want people to come in. You still need to have that that website presence. So, you know, have the imaging match as closely as you can. You know, there are definitely some parameters and some drawbacks to what you can have it look like, but have it match your, your existing marketing. And then once you know what you're going to post, you can start posting. But really take those steps to plan first before you ever jump in or it won't be successful. And then you'll think, well, this really was a waste of time. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And I agree. It, it, you know, there really are very few things in marketing that can be standalone, and the more channels that you in, enact, are you know, the more successful your marketing programs are going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing what your message is, knowing who your target market is before you turn out to media is so essential, and it's a step that's overlooked because people do tend to uh, do tend to look at a at their marketing from a tactical sense before they look at it from a strategic one. Um, Mm -hmm. so when, but when you do have a campaign in mind and let's go ahead and stay with Facebook for a little while, uh, you have a campaign in mind and you want to put it out through Facebook. Do you do it just to your friends? Can you, uh, Do you go ahead and say, let's go to do a Facebook ad campaign? And if so, how can you use Facebook to uh, target or to find and communicate to a specific demographic?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, initially, you do have to have a certain number of fan base um, before you can do some things like get a personalized uh, name for your page and and some things. So, yes, you want to go to your friends and suggest that they like your page, um, you know, and and pick the people. You know, it, it can be anybody and everybody. Whether they really do want to use your, your product or your service, you need them to initially like that page to kind of drive those numbers up. And then what I suggest is a combination. You know, the, just the posts that you put out there, um, those will be seen by your fans to some degree. The more they interact with your page, the more they will see those posts. But then you can do advertising, and you can do sponsored posts. And again, those are, you know, they're going to cost you money. Now, it's not a lot of money. You know, I've done some sponsored campaigns where it's, you know, a a minimal amount of money. It's been under $100. And, you know, thousands and thousands of people saw the message. The cool thing about both sponsored posts and advertising is this is where Facebook makes their money. So they really want to make sure it works for you so that you do it again and again and again and tell people about it. So you can drill down, especially with an advertisement, to very, very specific people who see your post. You can do zip code. You can do demographics. You can do things that they have mentioned in their own posts. You know, we've all kind of looked at Facebook and wondered why, you know, you were talking about a certain television show. And all of a sudden, an ad for that show comes up in your, your uh, on the, the column. It's because they want those you know they want people who are interested in that program. So you can get down very very specific, which is so important. You know, it's just like a television ad. You know, you wouldn't want a television ad for a product, say that is targeting mature seniors, to be showing during cartoons on Saturday morning. Um, you know, that's a waste of your time and your money. Just the, the same with a brick and mortar. You know, you don't want your ad, whether it's Facebook or in a newspaper or wherever, to be seen by people who aren't in your physical proximity. So you really can get those down very good. As I mentioned, this is where Facebook makes its money, so they will help you with this. Um, The cool thing is, you can go back in and change it up. You know, maybe you decided you're going to run an ad for a week, and and Facebook again is very good at making sure that they match exactly what you want. So if you say you want an ad to run for. The next seven days, it will not run a second past that, you know, because they don't want to make people mad. So you can really determine, you know, maybe you've got a special coming up, you know, you're giving a class and it wouldn't be of any benefit at all to have that ad run after the class or after that sale. So you you put in there when you want it to start and when you want it to stop, you can even have it on certain times of day. You know, maybe you know that the people who you are trying to reach are are typically online after, say, 10 p.m then you can have the ad show at that point in time. When the ad is clicked, that's when you are charged. And it gets a little complicated with how they do all of these things because you determine the price, um, and and you you set your own budget. So you would say, I'm only going to spend $100 in that week. So that's – uh-oh, I can't do that math um, – a little under, what, $10 a day. Um, and so – and, you know, once you've hit that amount, your ad stops showing. And then it starts again the, the next day. So, again, it's, it's very good about that. But say you've run the ad for two or three days and absolutely nothing has happened. You can go back in and change it. You know, again, Facebook wants to make sure you're happy, so you can change it. You can also run multiple ads. You know, those in the marketing world are called A and B campaigns, where you do one thing with an A and you do something different with a B, and then you see which one got you the most results. So Facebook really is pretty good at letting you target specifically who you're trying to reach and do the ad campaign the way you want it to. And you can always reach out to them, and they will help you with it.
2: That's all real exciting stuff. And you know, for um, uh, contrast, you go back to, or not back, but you go to a different channel, which is direct mail. You can mm-hmm. buy very, very specific lists in direct right. mail um, mm-hmm. all from all kinds of compilers. And um you you know, the lists aren't necessarily small and they do cost quite a bit of money. You can do A B splits out in a test market in, in direct mail and you have a pretty large physical cost and a massive postage cost. Um and you and the results are much you know, they come in much more slowly than uh, let's say what you were just talking about within days mm-hmm. of, of a Facebook campaign, you have this immediacy of, uh, of the of response from the market, and then you can change it. You can't change direct mail too easily. So right. these are. Printed you know, is these printed. are very, I'm sorry? Printed, so, is you know, printed. These are, Yeah, these are very tried and true methods made very, very. Uh, really uh, quite economically feasible, I mean, even at $10 a day, and then Mm -hmm. having such great feedback and such uh, quick feedback. But for a moment, if you don't mind, let's talk about um, a business marketer that wants to go ahead and and have some kind of strategy for moving onto a social media platform, and they're Mm -hmm. uncomfortable with the idea. They've never really done this before. You have um, your strategy of the EIEIO, and this is not involving um, paid advertising or anything else like that. It's it's getting into that channel and becoming familiar with that channel. So, would you mind talking for a moment about that? Sure. Your EIEIO Um, strategy?
1: And it's it's an easy acronym to remember. Um, I have found that the younger generation doesn't exactly know what it means, which we thought was pretty funny. But um, so it stands for engage, inform, entertain, intentional, and ongoing. And, you know, this this is a way to really make sure that what you're doing with social media is very successful. Um, Now, can we guarantee success? No. I mean, you know, nobody can. And, but, you know, if you have this strategy in place, hopefully it will make you more successful. And it doesn't seem like it's a waste of time. So the, the first E, as I said, was engage. And that's where we're building relationships with people. You know, we work with people we know, we like, and we trust. And you can do that on social media because, hello, it's called social media. Um, so that's giving them posts that they want. Not what you think they, you know, you you want to give them. It's what they want. So, you know, posts that they're going to respond to. Um, you know, one of the, the latest features that I really like on LinkedIn is called LinkedIn Publishing. And the very first, it, it's kind of like having an online blog. And the very first post that I did that way through LinkedIn, I had um, over 40 people within two days comment on it. And you do that in a way, you ask them questions. You know, and, and, and you ask them, hey, share this post, like this post. Um, it's it's funny. People seem to think that they need permission in order to comment. Um, so if you say, please comment below, they'll comment below. If you say, please share this post with your friends, they will share it with your friends. Um, you know, all of those various things. But you want to engage them in conversation. You know, and think of this as you do when you network in person. You know, if you walk up to somebody and you just throw a bunch of, of statistics at them and you turn around and walk off, They could care less, you know, and and you just wasted your time. So it really is about making sure that you are being that person that they want to talk to and that they turn to for that information. Um, And then the next is inform, which is giving them that good information. You know, this is not just let's post a cartoon every day because cartoons are cute or, you know, uh, the, the cute videos of the cat. Because that doesn't say anything about your business unless you are, say, a veterinarian or you sell, you know, products for cats. You can have those in there, you know, and and I do advise that you have some fun things that you're posting with, you know, on your, your various social media sites, but you want to give them information that they need. So information about your industry, information about your community. You know, you probably have a lot of people that are fans of your page or, you know, connected with you on the various social media sites that are in your community. So tell them what's going on there. Um, you know, And, and that's a, a great way to really make sure that they come back to you for information is to not only give them information about just your business and just your industry, but about other things too. Um, you know, And, and I'm, I'm going to put back my, my hat on as the show host for the moment because we are at a point where we do need to take a break. So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about the other EIO parts of EIEIO. Excuse me, I am Deb Creel and I'm talking with Kevin Pike and Doll.
0: Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Mile high. This is Marie coppersmith host of the upcoming show
1: spiritually speaking where we will discuss all things metaphysical and spiritual with inspiring guests and topics such as past lives connecting with your angels soul contracts and how you can enhance your christ consciousness along with your own psychic abilities take on your life in a whole new way that empowers you and brings joy call in and join the discussion or get a brief spiritual reading log on every thursday evening from 6 to 8 p.m beginning april 3rd to join us on spiritually speaking right here on velocityradio.fm. Have you ever wondered
3: how you could make a difference in someone's life? What if you could help hundreds or even thousands of children? Students in the U.S. rank 32nd in world math skills. It's time for our children to catch up. Become an owner of one of the world's fastest-growing franchises, Mathnasium. Mathnasium is the leading math-only learning center in the U.S. Imagine helping hundreds, even thousands of students in your community improve in school and raise their self-esteem. Call us at 800-783-0798. That's 800-783-0798. We'll be right back. The cat sat on the 150 million people suffer from headaches. All you want is for the pounding in your head to stop. Migralex stops the pounding. Migralex was developed by a neurologist and founder of the New York
2: Headache Center. I'm neurologist Dr. Alex Mauskop.
0: After studying and researching the human brain
2: for 25 years, I've developed Migralex, which eliminates pounding headaches. It works for my patients and I'm so convinced it will work for you. I don't just guarantee
0: it, I put my name on
2: it.
3: Dr. Mauskop's Migralex gets rid of headaches fast without harsh caffeine, sodium, or preservatives.
1: Migralex works unbelievably fast, and it's gentle on my stomach.
3: Find out how to get your free bottle of Migralex. Call 800-547-6279. Plus, if you're one of the first 100 callers, you'll also receive the Migralex Quick Tips to Headache Relief absolutely free. That's 800-547-6279. Or go to migralexrelief.com, M-I-G-R-A-L-E-X-relief.com. Or call 800-547-6279.
0: We are back. I am Deb
1: Creer, and I'm talking today with Kevin Kuykendall. Actually, Kevin's talking with me because we're kind of switching up the roles a little bit here. I'm on the hot seat for the most part. Um, And before we get back into this, I wanted to give Kevin a chance to tell people how to connect with him online and how to find him.
2: Well, cool. Thanks, Deb. Uh, my name is Kevin Kuykendall, and, and my email is Kevin uh, kevinkuykendall at com, and so it's K-E-V-I-N-K-U-Y-K-E-N-D-A-L-L at me.com, and that's uh, a couple's old platform. I, I just say it stands for marketing excellence, um, and my uh, website is risingfiremarketing.com. Um, Deb? I really appreciate what you were talking about when we were going through the first two uh, steps of the EIEIO strategy. <clears throat> the first two being mm-hmm. engaged and informed. The reason I appreciate those so much is because I, um, I'm, you know, obviously I have a lot of followers, and I see some of, some of the friends that I have are uh, in the social media space, and they have clients uh, for for whom they they post. And unfortunately, it's mishandled so many times because what I see is the consultant or even the business owner just posting some kind of some kind of uh, milestone without any kind of offer for engagement. They'll say, "Gee, look, I just sold this house," or "Isn't this great? Spring is here, um, you know, and we cut yards, <laughs> you know." And and it's mm-hmm. it's, it's a very upfront. Advertising message, or it's uh, a statement of some kind of accomplishment, and it doesn't quite get you into a conversation. It doesn't engage. It does a small amount of informing, but it it isn't uh, it isn't utilizing the medium to its full to its full potential in the sense that the conversation can begin. And so that's you know that's why I certainly appreciate your first E and I of engagement form, mm-hmm. and now so you have entertain as your next. Um, right. Uh, you
1: know, to me, entertain is all about more than just posting things that are entertaining. It's being a good host, um, you know, and, and you're entertaining people in your space, you know, even though it's Facebook's page or, or your LinkedIn account or wherever, you want to be that good host. If someone asks a question, for heaven's sake, answer it. Um, you know, <laughs> even if you don't know the answer, tell them, you know, I'll get you that answer, or please call me at, or email me at, you know, all of those various things, because it's public. And if somebody asks you a question and you don't respond, other people see that and go, oh, well, you know, boy, they really paid attention. Yeah, because for the most part, when you're asking a question, you might be saying, yeah, I want to spend money with you. And if they don't respond, it's just like if you walk into a business and they don't acknowledge your presence or you send an email to somebody or, you know, voicemail and they never respond. So you want to be that good host. Make them feel welcome. Make them feel like if they ask you questions, you will respond. Um, you know, and, yeah. and hey, granted, somebody might say something that you don't like. You know, let's let's talk about maybe a restaurant. You know, they they post on there, we went into your, your restaurant on Saturday and had an absolutely horrible meal. Don't, in, don't ever go there again. Your first inclination is to delete that. Don't do that. You know, now obviously if they use bad language, you know, it's, you, you can, and, and you can delete anything that's there, but you want to use that more as a way to fix it. You know, be that good host. Apologize to them. You know, it could be that they screwed up their order, and, you know, it was a, it was not the server's fault at all or not the restaurant's fault, but you don't want to point that out. You know, nobody likes that. Tell them, hey, you know, we're really sorry. If you come in again, you know, we'll give you a free appetizer, you know, or, you know, something along those lines. If they, you know, made a purchase and something went wrong, see if you can fix it. Sometimes you do have to say contact us privately, um, you know, because, you know, for example, if you say... We'll give you free appetizer, then you're going to have a whole bunch of people say, "Hey, we want a free appetizer but the the more you can be that good host and make them feel welcome and make them feel like they can come back, the better it is so you know that's, that's that's kind of how I see entertaining more like the the old you know I love Lucy type of entertaining where they welcome everyone and they really make you feel like they want to see you every single day
2: i uh have a restaurant. Chain that I do some consulting with, and I was a bit concerned when when someone posted on their Facebook page that mm-hmm. the uh, a couple of people in the group uh, that had eaten there were experiencing uh, you know food poisoning symptoms. Right, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. person actually came back a few days later and said, "Oops, it wasn't this particular restaurant; it was another one because of the timing mm-hmm. and the." Uh, the people with my my clients never addressed the issue one way or the other. They had a Mm -hmm. golden opportunity to say, we're so glad you're okay. We're so glad it -hmm. was not our restaurant that caused that. But I'll tell you what, just because, you know, you're posting, let's do this for you, something special. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and they could have also said, you know, we take great care in the food that we provide. It's, you know, it's all Mm -hmm. natural. It's, Never frozen, you know. Or whatever it is, and the and the funny thing is, if you see a complaint and it doesn't get responded to, then all of a sudden there's more complaints. You know, it's, it's like, ooh, let's pile on. If you yeah. have something positive, or if you respond in a positive way, you know, if they had had responded and said, you know, we're we're so glad that you're feeling better now. You know, please come back. We want to you know show you what our our special of the day is on Tuesday or whatever. Then they're going to have people posting saying, "Oh, I've been there for the special on Tuesday. It is absolutely fabulous." Um, you know, and and so you want to do that. The funny thing is, exactly what you mentioned is why so many people say, "Oh, I don't want to use social media." They they tell me, "Well, somebody's going to say something bad." Well, I've got news for everybody. They are saying something bad. You just want to be there to be able to fix it, if you know, if at all possible. Sometimes you can't. You know, there are just situations where. That person is annoyed, they're upset, they're mad, and there's nothing you can do to fix it. But just attempting to looks good to the other people. So, you know, really make sure that that you are that good host, that people feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a safe place for them. You know, if they're posting something negative, they don't want to be shot down or, you know, have it ignored.
2: Mm -hmm. And, And that's a really good analogy. I love the idea of being a good host because you are inviting people into your space and to mm-hmm. uh, have some kind of interaction with you or other people that are in that space. And as mm-hmm. far as derogatories, you know, sooner or later, someone's going to spill something on the carpet. How you handle it is right. very
1: important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know, you can scream and yell at them for ruining your carpet, or you can laugh <laughs> and say, oh, now we get to buy a new carpet, you know?
2: <laughs> right uh, and i also uh, had a client that had a derogatory on one of their um pages and their re- their reaction was well you know it's okay we'll just we'll just delete it and uh, you know that that is also a very bad reaction uh, right. within within because
1: then they're going to post something else if mm-hmm. they felt like they got ignored then they you know they're going to come back at you with both barrels
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And, and it, again, this is a two way, uh, medium. You, it, it, it mm-hmm. is for those kind of conversations. And, you know, you know, mostly it's for, you know, good, lighthearted, uh, or good exchange of information. Um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, sometimes it just turns the other way and you have to be prepared for that mm-hmm. and you cannot let it, uh, keep you from it. As you say, you can't let it scare you off. You right. gotta have a thick skin if you're gonna be in business.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and it does help, you know, one of the things that you should do when you're setting up your pages, and whether it's a LinkedIn group or a Facebook page or, you know, your, you know all these things, is have rules for the page. Let's say profanity will not be permitted. Um, you know, I manage a couple pages for business associations, and we have said this is not the place for political posts. You know, and, and it, remember, it's your space. You, know, and you are entertaining them, as we mentioned, in your space. And so you, you have the ability to set the ground rules. Then, if somebody breaks those rules, it is much easier to say, you know what, that was your one chance. We'll give you one more, but then that's it. Um, you know, and, and and people like to follow rules. You know, they're if if they're told, hey, you know, keep it clean, they'll keep it clean, or they'll they'll recognize their post to be deleted.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and this it goes back to something you said earlier, but you are basically uh, people are in in. in interacting with your brand at this point, and your mm-hmm. brand should have a certain personality. It should have certain rules. You said that the page mm-hmm. should be set up to imitate your Facebook, uh, or rather, excuse me, your website, at least graphically. But mm-hmm. in tone and attitude, your uh, your social media presence should reflect your your brand's attitude.
1: Definitely. Yeah, and, and obviously... It, it pertains to what you do. Um, you know, it, I was talking to somebody who told me one time, "Well, you know, we we are a funeral home, so we don't think it would be appropriate to have a Facebook page." It's it's very easy for them to have a Facebook page. They clearly have to take it much more seriously than you know the the type of say you know a, a page for uh, you know a sporting team. But you can still be posting information out there that reflects your brand. Um, you know, it would have been very inappropriate for them if they had posted jokes and cartoons. Um, you know, but if they post, you know, some, some things, for them what they did was they started posting a lot more about the community, um, which was very good because it was showing that they were a business that was very involved in their community. didn't really matter what the business was, but that made people think, you know, hey, this, this is a good business, so on that time when I need to, to go to a funeral home, you know, there's there's somebody that I've already kind of thought of in a, a positive way.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, backing up one step to being informative um, and also uh, just being present in the marketplace, in an accessible place, you know, in an accessible way, such as social mm-hmm. media, helps with familiarity, and familiarity will eventually, you know, lead to... Um, some kind of engagement
1: with the business. Right. And and it is that familiarity. You know, it used to be that rule of you had to see something seven times before you you made that purchase. Now it's far more than that. Um, You know, I don't know what the statistics are, but we're bombarded with thousands of images a day. And so if you've seen things on social media where even if you haven't interacted or responded or done anything... Just seeing that over and over again, it does kind of then make it stick in your mind when you really need it.
2: hmm Especially when it's backed up with good, useful, relevant information. hmm and, yep. and, again, engaging and entertaining. So that moves us to the next I in your list.
1: Right. So that's intentional. You know, and that goes back to what we were talking about at the very start of the program. That's the planning. You know, you have to know what you're going to post, when you're going to post it. Um, As you mentioned, kind of that voice, that personality that you're posting with, um, you know, that really plays into what you're going to say. You know, this isn't, oh, you know, I picked up my phone and I had a couple minutes and so I'm going to do a post. That is not intentional. You know, you have to decide when you're going to post and what you're going to post. Um, you know, there's study after study that, you know, the best time to post on social media site X is. And, you know, that's interesting. And typically what they're saying is, you know, the most people are online from X period of time until X period of time. Well, that sure, that means the most people are there. But it also means that's when you're competing with the most other clutter, in a nice way to put it. Um, and, and it may not be when your target audience is online at all or when your, your fans are online. You know, maybe you're uh, selling a product, say, to new mothers, and, you know, the studies are showing that you should post at 8 a.m. Well, I'm sorry, but the new mother is not online at 8 a.m. She might very well be on Facebook at 10 p.m. or even 2 in the morning. Um, you know, and, and that's where the scheduling programs come in handy, because you really don't want to be up posting at 2 a.m., but figure out when they're online. And part of that is by kind of asking those questions that you asked before. <clears throat> you know, if, if you know that you're getting the most response and the most interaction from posts done, say, on a Saturday morning, then that's a good time to post. If you're not getting any interaction on, say, a post you do on Wednesday at 10 a.m., then, you know, it doesn't mean they're not being seen, but if people aren't interacting with it, that is a good indication that, you know, maybe that it is being seen by fewer people. So figure that out. Um, And then continually reexamine it. You know, just because what worked last month worked last month doesn't mean it's going to work this month. And part of that is because Facebook does change up all of the various things that they do. Um, you know, we mentioned that they are changing it so that more and more, it looks like for a, a post from a page to be seen, it needs to be paid for. So it needs to be a sponsored post, or you need to run ads and, and things like that. So a post that you did, say, last month that had hundreds or thousands of people that interacted with it might get absolutely nothing this month because they've changed their algorithm. Um, so you know, it, it is an ongoing process, just like any marketing. You know, what worked last year, last week, you know, might not work this week. So, you have to always be looking at those things. But go about this in a way where you have planned it out. Um, Because when you plan it, it's obviously easier to measure and it's easier to change it.
2: Yeah, marketing is definitely dynamic and the marketplace is always shifting. And even going from let's say you're you have a b2b focus or a b2c focus mm-hmm. you may you know find that on the b2b your time frames are very different than uh, your mm-hmm. b2c uh, timings and, right. and uh, peak times but at the same time you know with uh, let's say in, in email marketing if you're going to if you're if you're marketing to small business owners let's say you may assume that mm-hmm. they are going to be reading their email during the day. Well, that's actually not Mm -hmm. true because during the day they're taking care of the moment-to-moment business, and they may have time to look at their emails at at night. Mm -hmm. So you Mm -hmm. really do have to test, like everything in marketing, you have to test. Mm -hmm. But let's just say that you figured out your your perfect times, and they happen to be during your peak time, okay? Mm -hmm. I know that, that I get great responses between... 12 and 3 in social media on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. But that's when I actually have, have a, a lot going on in my business. So what do I do then? I'm not going to be present at the keyboard to do my social media posts. So right. how do I handle that?
1: Well, that's it's a little bit of a complicated answer, and I know we're ready for another break. So we're going to take our break, and when we come back I'll talk about scheduling programs and some other things like that um, that you can use because, yeah, you don't want to be tied to your keyboard. So I am Deb Creer and I'm talking with Kevin Kuykendall and we'll be back in just a couple of moments.
0: Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true everyone have you heard about the no no hair removal device that's sweeping the globe if you want to go weeks without shaving and get smooth professional quality results here's our favorite host cheryl for no no hair removal thanks hey gals i love talking about
1: my no no it's this cute little hair removal system that you can take with you and use almost anywhere at home or on the road no more expensive in office treatments
0: painful waxing and no more wasting your valuable time got unwanted facial hair no no has patented Thermacon technology that works on all hair and skin colors so it's perfect for using on all body parts and now you can take advantage of this incredible risk-free trial get the no-no, the facial kit a travel case and a $100 discount shopping card and you don't risk a penny to try it try the incredible no-no hair completely risk-free. Call 1-800-953-8386 that's 800-953-8386 800-953-8386
3: Limited time offer a 24-month commitment and credit qualification require cancellation fee, auto pay, and paperless billing and other restrictions apply. If you can't see the difference, why pay the difference? Switch to DISH for the best deal in entertainment. Only DISH brings you the best in entertainment for less than $20 a month. Cut the cable and don't get directed. Switch to DISH because at just nineteen ninety nine, DISH saves you every time you turn on the TV. It's so simple. The same channels cost less with DISH. So since you can't see the difference, don't pay the difference switch to dish for the best deal in entertainment get premium movie channels free for three months starting at just nineteen ninety nine. dollars dish saves you every time you turn on the tv call now to save with dish dial 1-800-943-9074 that's 1-800-943-9074 the same channels for less than 20 bucks a month dish call 1-800-943-9074 for details
0: Thank you for being a friend Traveled down a road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant And we're
1: back I am Deb Creer, and I'm talking with Kevin Kychendall today. We've kind of switched up our formats a little bit because my original guest um, was unfortunately ill. We have her rescheduled uh, to come on in uh, later on in April, on April 21st. So, you know, Kevin has been asking me questions. It's always fun to, to kind of be on the other side of the hot seat. And we were talking about, you know, how to really be successful in kind of my EIEIO strategy. So we're going to go to O now. Um, and for me, O is ongoing. You know, and one of the things that Kevin had asked was, how do we, you know, you're, you're busy at the peak times when people are reading things. You use scheduling programs. You can use Hootsuite. You can use um, a variety of other platforms. I use a, a, an application called Buffer app, which works out great because it's doing exactly what it says. It's buffering things that you that are posted for other times a day. So say I see an article that I like, I can send it to Twitter, to my LinkedIn page, to uh, my Facebook page and to my Google Plus page at you know other times. Um, you can schedule those times, you can have them set or it can just kind of randomly do it itself. So there's lots of things like that. Facebook has its own internal scheduling that it kind of likes the best. You know, Facebook doesn't like to play nice with all the other toys in the world. So, if you are scheduling program or uh, uh, posts, it is best to try to use Facebook internally to do it that that way. But use whatever works for you. Um, you know, this is not the thing where you want to be tied down to your keyboard and you're thinking, it's three p.m. I have to post. You know, do those posts. Sit down on a Saturday or a Sunday. You know, we've all been watching March Madness and watching our brackets go kafuri. You know, while you're doing things like that, while you're sitting at a soccer game, say, watching your children, you can be doing your posts and scheduling those. You know, this is not, the goal is not to have you be stressing over this so much that it's not fun. Um, you know, and, and so for me, ongoing really is just like it says; It is ongoing. This is not post once a week, once a month. When you remember, it's picking that schedule sticking to that schedule. And just like everything in your life, when you have a schedule and you know that you have to do it, then it becomes much easier. When you start doing it kind of randomly and whenever the spirit moves, that's when you post two or three in a day and then nothing again for a week and then, oh, two here and three there. Set your schedule and really have this ongoing. Because again, it is just part of your marketing. You know, you don't, or you shouldn't, be random with your other marketing efforts. Um, and so that's where I go with ongoing.
2: Okay. Like, are you sure? Now, wait a minute. I thought you only marketed when you needed business. <laughs> you, know, oh,
1: that, you know, I love people who say that. I have enough clients right now, so I'm not going to market. That's great that <laughs> you have that many clients, but hello, that well does dry up on occasion. and And the whole process yeah. is Setting things up so that when
2: things change, you've got those people built in. Mm-hmm. It's a strategy. It's a commitment. It is ongoing, mm-hmm. and uh, marketing emergencies do exist when you don't pay attention to you know those kinds of that kind of maintenance to your marketing program. Um, mm-hmm. You had mentioned uh, just a moment ago. You mentioned Facebook, Twitter, Google um, Plus, and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of the good breadth of uh, platforms um, businesses should be on, or uh, let's say a professional who's uh, trying to get prominence in the, in, in a specific industry? Um, you know, where where do they go? What are the different uses that you see um, for those different platforms? Or are they are they all the same?
1: They are all very different, um, and people use them differently. You know, we're on Facebook more to be entertained. We're on LinkedIn for business connections. Google Plus, we're still trying to figure out. Um, Pinterest, we're definitely there for visual because Pinterest is pictures. You know, that's, that is what has to be on Pinterest. You are pinning a picture. You know, and, and so many times when I talk to people about, you know, the, the various social media platforms, once I hit more than about three, if they haven't done this, I get this deer in headlights look. Start slow. Mm-hmm. You know, if you like Facebook and you're used to Facebook, start with Facebook. Even if it's not the absolute best place to be, kind of dabble where you're used to 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 being. Um, you know, if you are trying to reach out more from a strictly professional standpoint, then go to LinkedIn. You know, if you're really into these short, quick bursts of of chatter, then you want to be on Twitter. Once you're good at one, then you can expand to other platforms. Um, Now, you don't have to. I mean, there are people who are very successful just using, you know, say, Twitter. I'm always a little confused by how they can can be very successful on Twitter, but they are because they work it really, really well. So find what works for you. Um, But the the big five that I typically use are LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and Pinterest, Um, you know, and and you can get a, a, a good cross of people in those various platforms.
2: You know, of of all of those, it, it does seem like uh you know the, the first there are four of them that are social social in a sense, mm-hmm. but there's right. there's LinkedIn there. And LinkedIn to me seems and, and I don't I don't I'm this isn't talking it down, but it seems to be a very serious place for yeah. less social interactivity, more professional uh activity. Mm-hmm. And you know, that does so Originally, you know, you, you open up the uh, LinkedIn profile, you put your resume up there, you say a few things about what you currently do in your current job, and then you connect with people that you know. Mm-hmm. As a strategy, that doesn't sound like a, uh, a really powerful thing to do. So, how what can we do in LinkedIn for ourselves professionally to to further ourselves to further our careers? Well,
1: the, you know, you're right. So many of us, when we started on LinkedIn, we cut and pasted our resume. And Mm -hmm. so we we don't have enough detail. One of the things that you need to go back in and do, okay, first you have to have a really good picture. You know, these people who don't have good pictures or have the little gray ghost, you um, you have to have a good professional picture. That doesn't have to be taken by a professional. You know, I don't want to scare anybody off that thinks they have to go spend all this money on having a headshot. But it needs to, to look like you do when you're doing business. Um, you know, you shouldn't have cut out other people in the picture. It shouldn't be, you know, something where you were on the beach unless that pertains to what you do. Um, you know, you need to have that picture. You need to have a good professional headline, a very good summary. You know, for the most part, that's, people don't need any any further past that. So, it's it's like a book. You know, if you want to get people's attention, you have to write good stuff. Um, you know, and, and so you've got your LinkedIn account really have a lot of detail, you know, talk about what you do for your job. Talk about what you want to do when you grow up. I mean, you know, everybody, it, it's perfectly acceptable to be saying, you know, eventually in my career, I would like to be doing X or, you know, I'd like to have made enough money that I'm not doing X. Uh, you know, it's it, that's okay, um, put your interest in there. You know, we, you know, make sure you fill out your, uh, any any education that you have, whether you've got a degree or not, to me, more is better on LinkedIn. The more detail you can provide, the better it is. And then it's really about making those connections. Um, you know, LinkedIn has kind of changed things up a bit. You don't really see when someone does a status update unless you were actually looking at the screen. And then it's hard to go back and find their status update. Um, now, the funny thing is, if you're using the iPad app, you can't. The desktop one you can't. It's it's more difficult to see those. So it's not about just doing those status updates. It's more about you're at the, the networking event and you're working those connections. You know, you're you're talking to the people, you're asking them not to buy from you, but how you can help them. You know, what is their pain? Is there something you can do to help them? And it's not always something that you can provide, but it might be something that that you can point them towards. You know, they've got some cool new features on LinkedIn where you get an email every day of the people who um, have changed jobs. Now, the funny thing is sometimes it just means they redid their job title. But, you know, that's a great way to quick connect with them and give them a congratulation. If they totally changed jobs, maybe that's a great way for you to say, oh, you know, I see that you have changed jobs and, you know, I'm I, I have a service that might be beneficial. You know again, don't need to use car salesmen, but you know use the various tools that LinkedIn is providing to reach back out to your network
2: mm-hmm. i have a question of etiquette on that you uh, you mm-hmm. mentioned uh, you know, paying attention to establishing connections. I listened mm-hmm. to one person that said, "Look at your current connections, then look at their connections and reach through that your connected person your one step person to somebody on their list and say hey you know what i you and i are both friends with deb i do x and you do you know and, and i'm interested in what you do let's connect is that is that mm-hmm. a, a polite way to establish
1: that a is. connection that is that's, that's okay. perfectly acceptable you know everyone uses linkedin differently and it's just like when you walk into a networking event sometimes you want to meet, you know, the, the, the speaker, you're going to go up and just say, hi, I'm so-and-so. Other times it's like, ooh, I know Kevin knows the speaker. I'm going to go have Kevin introduce me. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's totally your personal preference. I received, I connected with a, a, a lady uh, over the weekend, and I got the coolest email back from her. She said, you know, thank you for connecting with me on LinkedIn. I am always happy to expand my network and share connections. If you feel I can offer leads or introductions for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Just let me know what you're speaking and if I can be of help, I will. To me, I just thought that was the coolest thing. I'm going to ask her for permission to cut and paste it and use it when people connect with me, um, because it is about, you know, how we can help everybody else. I'm, I'm a firm believer in the kind of what goes around comes around theory. I don't mind referring people to other business, to other you know, entities, all those things, because if I've made them happy, they're going to remember that, and then hopefully, if they need my service, they'll come back to me. Uh, you know mm-hmm. some people only want to connect with people on LinkedIn in their in their uh, area you know, or they won't connect with their competitors. It's entirely personal how you want to do it I, I take the philosophy that I want to connect with as many people as I can. period doesn't matter to me what their job title is, doesn't matter to me where they are. Because I, now granted what I do is kind of virtual, but you never, it's not just who they're connected with. It's, it's who, you know, all of their connections are because, you know, Bob Smith might be, I had somebody that connected with me the other day who is a manager at a Waffle House. And my first thought was really, and then I thought, oh, <laughs> but you never know who, you know, what position she might be in to help me at some point or how I might be able to help her or maybe who her connections are, you know. So I always take the, the approach that you know it's it's always good to be building your network, and don't ever think, ooh, you know, this I don't want to connect with this person. Granted, there are mm-hmm. some people you don't want to connect with, um, but it really is more about expanding that network.
2: Yeah, and yeah, and, and often you know, just because somebody is a manager at a Waffle House does not necessarily that's not necessarily who they are. They may right. be somebody, you, know, you you may judge them, um, mm-hmm. and uh, that, that just might not be the only value they have to other people's right. lives. Mm-hmm. And you are, and it mentioned, uh, the person you connected with, that's right out of helping people get what they want in order for you to get what you want.
1: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You
2: know, you know,
1: to me, that's what social media is. It's all about making those connections. And yeah, it's, you know... We get fun out of it, you know, that we've, we've seen all sorts, we get education out of it. You know, how many times have you seen a post on LinkedIn or on, on Facebook that is a link to a news article and you click on it, you know, whether it pertains or whether you just thought it was interesting. So we, we are informed that way, but it's, you know, I mentioned it earlier, it's social media. It's all about being social and really working it to make sure that you're tying it in with your existing marketing. Um, because if you're not, as a business owner, then you really lost out. You know, if you're only posting, as I said, the cute cat videos, and never, here's what I do, and please go to my website, then you've really lost out. You know, and and with that, I want to thank Kevin for uh, coming on today. It was kind of one of these spur-of-the-moment things, but I knew that, that I could reach out to him. So one last time, Kevin, tell people how they find you, because you are an absolutely fabulous resource.
2: Well, thank you, Deb. And I have really appreciated this. Thank you so much for helping us take the fear out of, uh, of, of social media and making it manageable. My name is Kevin Kuykendall, and my email address is kevinkuykendall at com, and that's K-E-V-I-N-K-U-Y-K-E-N-D-A-L-L at me.com. And, and risingfiremarketing.com is my website. Thank you very, very
1: much, Deb. Thank you, and to everyone, have a great day, and we will chat with you next week.
0: Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road.